0: In this episode of The Business of E-Commerce, I talk with Jeff Oxford about White Hat link building for e-commerce. This is a Business of E-Commerce, episode 156. Welcome to The Business of E-Commerce, the show that helps e-commerce retailers start launch and grow their e-commerce business. I'm your host, Charles Plesky. I'm today with Jeff Oxford. Jeff is the CEO and founder of 180 Marketing, an SEO company focused exclusively on SEO and content marketing for e-commerce businesses. I asked Jeff on the show today to talk about link building specifically for e-commerce businesses. There's definitely some nuances that make link building different when it comes to e-commerce. So I think he really digs into that and this is his focus. So he brings some great tips that I think really everyone should listen to it's something that link building isn't talked about that often. It's something that I think a lot of folks kind of focus more on the on page, more on some, some other factors when it comes to SEO. But I think link building really is one of the, the keys to making your SEO strategy work. And Jeff really goes deep and specific when it comes to e-commerce link building. So I think you should watch the entire show. He gives three strategies on how to build links. And some uh, concepts on budget, and what we should be looking at if you're thinking of getting into it. So let's get into the show and listen right to the end. He also talks about his product, um, which I think is actually great. And you should check out. I'll link to the show notes. So let's get into the show. So hey, Jeff, how are you doing today? I am doing great, Charles. How about yourself? Doing good. Thanks for coming on the show. I, um, I've had a few guests here in the past talk about SEO kind of more of a focus on link building. I feel like that's not something I've touched upon, at least here in the past. So I'm kind of excited to get into that aspect of it. Real quick first, um, any Marketing, you're the founder. How, you've been doing SEO for for how long?
1: I've been doing SEO for about a decade now, mainly on e-commerce sites. So a um, little side story is uh, I've built my own in the past, back in like 2012, built my own e-commerce sites, drop shipping sites, had success
0: there, and then, decide just to kind of pursue the e-commerce marketing side of it and focus less on the operations. How, how would you say, so when you say you focus on e-commerce, how is e-commerce SEO different than, you know, if I'm a SaaS or whatever, um, any other sort of company, how is e-commerce SEO different?
1: I'd say the one of the biggest differences is just the scale and size. I mean, of course, you can have a small e-commerce site that's just selling a few um, products. Maybe they have like a small catalog under ten products. In which case, that's going to be pretty similar to how you'd approach SEO for a SaaS or your typical brochure website. Um, when, when you start having a, a website with you know hundreds or thousands of products and dozens or hundreds of categories, it's it's a whole another separate set of challenges. And the biggest difference is just prioritization. Prioritization is, is super critical. You know, you don't have all the resources in the world to make, you know, optimize every change perfectly. So you have to prioritize, you know, apply the 80 20 rule, which products and categories can bring the most results and traffic um, start there. You can't build links to every single page. So you got to choose which pages can benefit most of link building. So it's a lot of strategy analysis, Um, then there's also some nuances that come with shopping carts. Like there's canonicalization issues with category pages. Um, if a product is going to be in multiple categories, is there going to be a duplicate content issue there? So there's also some technical issues that you got to look out for with e-commerce SEO.
0: Yeah. I think, you know, you used to probably folks doing like a brochure site, right? There might be five pages, 10 pages, and you can pretty much build links, optimize all of them Mm -hmm. like in one go around Versus e-commerce you could be talking a hundred thousand pages. That's not even, that's not even abnormal, right? In some e-commerce sites, especially once you're talking drop shipping. So how do you, how do you decide? So first link building, we'll get into that in a moment, but it's relatively um, it's not cheap to do, right? Like in time or dollars, like it takes effort, it takes work. Um, and if you had 10 pages, you could just hit all of them and you're done. But if you have a right. hundred thousand, you're not going to build links to a hundred thousand pages. Exactly. So, so how are you going to figure out where to even start? Like how do you even, what's the framework to even start thinking about like where do you build your links to? This is a really good question. And I wish more e-commerce sites would ask it because some, you know a
1: lot of times you, if you're focused on the wrong, like let's say you're building links to the page you think you need to be building links to, but it's not, um, you're wasting those times and resources and link building. We'll, th- you know, we'll talk about this more later is the most complicated time consuming expensive part of SEO. So you want to make sure every dollar that goes in link building is maximized. Um, typically, what I, what I, we, myself and my team would do is we'd go to a tool like Hrefs or Moz or SCMRush, <clears throat> export every single ranking um, on the website. Uh, then, you know, now we have all the keywords, we have the search volume for each of the keywords and the ranking. Um, from there, we put it into like a pivot table so we can see like which pages are ranking the best, which ones have the most opportunity. And then from there, we'd want to pull in some more data, like uh, go to Google Analytics. You can export um, – it's hard to find. There's this e-commerce tab on most reports in Google Analytics where you can actually see the average order value, conversion rate, per session value. And what per session value does is it tells you, okay, let's say a 1,000 people come to the page and you made $5,000 in revenue – well, the per session value is $5 per visitor. So basically what it's saying is for every visitor to that page, you're getting X dollars. So we want to get that metric because it's showing the conversion potential and how much money you can make for each page. There might be a page where the keywords you're targeting have lots of search volume and you're ranking well, but maybe it doesn't convert at all for you. Well, that's probably not a page you're going to focus on. So you want to get really strategic and pull in average order value, conversion rate, some, some conversion metrics. So that way you can find pages that not only have an opportunity to drive lots of traffic, but can also convert and drive revenue.
0: Yeah. I feel like the simplest way to look at it is figure out how to do more of what's already working, right? Like don't try yeah, to go exactly. out there and figure out, right? Like don't try to like, just come up with some concept that might work, just figure out what's working and then just do that. Like, right.
1: Double down on what it, it's so much yeah. easier. I mean, sure you could kind of like spend all this time doing keyword research and like fi- find all these other keywords. But the l- quickest way to get results with SEO is see what's ranking between position like five and 15. That's, yeah. your, that's your sweet spot because um, every increase you get from then on out, you're going to get exponential increases in traffic. If you're not even ranking that's, top 100, yeah. it's going to take a long time before you get any traction for that keyword.
0: That's a good way of looking at it. Cause if you're already doing, if you're on, let's say, you know, between five and 15, right? You're on the eight, you're the eighth result and you're already doing well off the eighth. Now getting to the third result, you're going to do astronomically better. And if you can get to exactly. first, second or third, then now you're in the money. So I like that, that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's 100% it. It's just, um, you know,
1: double down on what's working and, um, you know, maybe once you've solidified and got some really good positions, Uh, You can start working on some like new areas and new keywords to explore, but always focus on lowest hanging fruit. SEO is a long-term play, but you can make it a short-term play by focusing on what's working well.
0: I like that. Okay. So that's how you know what to focus on, but let's get into, I guess, link building. Because I think some folks, when when I was first exposed to this, it was kind of first taught that it was like this like kind of dirty concept that you're not like supposed to do, but everyone kind of does it how would you even first let's define what link building is and what's like right and wrong. So link build link building is getting
1: another website to include a link back to your website. So sometimes it's called it link backlink. It all means the same thing. We want other websites on the web to link to you. It's like, um, you know, it's like a vote of trust. If, if a website's linking to you, there must be a reason for it. You must have a good website. Um, or else why would they link to you? It's like the, the web equivalent of sharing in a way. Uh, so, Google the reason we we focus so much on link building in the SEO world is every time there's a correlation study done to see who ranks where and why and what are the biggest power the biggest ranking factors in Google the number of backlinks to your website and the authority of those links is the number one ranking factor and now when I say authority A website like cnn.com has a very high authority website. It's been around, it's popular and it has lots of backlinks. But if someone creates a blog a week ago and they link to you, that has no authority. That's not going to have any impact on SEO. So we want to look at both the quantity and the quality, or in this case, the authority.
0: This week's episode is sponsored by pricing pricing is a competitor price tracking and repricing tool that helps e-commerce companies make intelligent pricing decisions. Using their dashboard and daily Excel reports, online sellers can monitor price changes and immediately make pricing adjustments. Here are some features that I love about pricing. First is smart match. What smart match does is allows pricing to search for your competitors and attach their prices right on your dashboard. So you can monitor their pricing changes against competitors you already know about. They find competitors you didn't even know existed. Once you have that, you can configure your repricing rules. What this does is you can now set your prices to be based on the average price, the lowest price, the highest price of your competitors go up and down. And also you can say, don't go lower than my cost by plus $5. Whatever you want to do, you can set these rules and pricing will automatically adjust your prices. Next is price change notifications. You can set rules to when prices change, Pricing will send you a notification alerting you of your competitors pricing changes. Last but not least is a price history. You can then go in to the dashboard and look up all the pricing changes over time. that pricing has been monitoring that way, you know, just because it's lower today, they might just be having a sale and it might come back tomorrow. You can see all your competitors on one chart. Super cool. I urge you to check it out. Thanks again for pricing for sponsoring this week's episode. Now back to the show. Yeah. Google's purposely done this, right? Uh, Every um, search engine, so you can't just game it, right? I can't create a hundred blogs on Tumblr tomorrow, point them all to my site and things are great. Like you used to actually be able to do this a few years ago. It was just, it was based a lot less on the quality of the links, but more just the quantity of the links. Now, you know, if you have a link from harvard.edu, right? From the homepage directly to your site, you win, but, and then it's also even um, divided by the number of links on that page. Right? So you're talking if you're on a popular site, but there's uh, maybe Huffington post, right? Hugely popular, but just each link is worth slightly less just cause they have so many links coming out of it as well. Right?
1: Yeah. So it's like, that's, you're actually talking about Google's initial page rank algorithm. So the, we'll basically put Google on the map. Was this algorithm that they came up with that made their search results so much higher quality. And let's say there's a page with, uh, just your link. So it's just linked to you. You're going to get a hundred percent of that page rank or that link juice. Um, but what if that page had a hundred links on it, you're going to get one, one hundredth of the link juice. At least that's how the initial page rank algorithm was written. Okay.
0: How about uh, in 2021? What's the, what is that like similar or has it changed?
1: Yeah, it's, it's definitely plays a role, but it's not as cut and dry. It's not like, you know, 10 links, you got one tenth of each link juice, a hundred links. That's kind of been toned down a bit where whether there's like one or 10, it's probably not going to be that big of a difference. You're probably still going to get full link value. I'd say if you are starting to get, if the page has like a few dozen links or over a hundred external links,
0: you're pro that's, those are the cases where it's probably going to be diluted a bit. Okay. So then, how do you actually? What is this? What is the process to actually go about getting more links? Right, because you can email all these people, and you get these emails every day saying, "Hey, please link to my whatever," uh, and you're like, eh, what a "Delete." Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like, it's, what is what is the right way to do this? It's really hard. Um,
1: okay. you, know, you mentioned how before on some you've know, had previous episodes, and, and link building it doesn't really get the spotlight as much as it should, which is odd because link building is the number one ranking factor. And the reason for that is because it's so difficult. Um, I bet people listening right now probably have no idea where to start with link building. Um, And that's because it's just so hard. How do you get another website to link to you? So there's, you know, we, I I run a company, we only do SEO for e-commerce sites. So we've gotten, we found a few strategies that work best. I mean, you can do research and there's dozens or hundreds of different link building strategies you can use, but there's just a few that I found work really, really well. Uh, The first one that I always recommend is product reviews. Um, So basically what you do is you find uh, relevant websites, you send them some free product, Um, they're going to take that product, take some photos, write a review on their website, and then in that review, they're probably going to link back to your site and to your product. So product reviews can work really well Uh, For that reason, you know, this assumes that maybe your products not too expensive. If you're selling diamond rings The hard cost might not be worth the link, but maybe you're selling t-shirts you're selling Shoes or you know, whatever it might be and it's kind of in you know, it's it's not your hard cost isn't more than a hundred or two hundred bucks
0: It's definitely worth doing So basically you're looking at that you're essentially spending a product to buy a link, right? So if I send them a hundred dollar product I'm kind of hoping I give you a hundred dollar product. You review it, write a little blurb. I'll get a little track from that. But the big thing you're looking for is that inbound link, right? So you can look at
1: look at it from that lens. And if 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 Google kind of like if if Google's under the impression like <laughs> Google hates us doing link yeah. building. they Google want doesn't want you to look to be at it from that lens. organic. Yeah. It's like oh, you're buying links with product. Like no, bad. But if you say like, well, we're giving them the product for free and we're just paying them for their time to you know, formulate the review and, and whatnot, it, it kind of puts it on a different lens. But it's all the same. You're, you're sending out product. You're getting links back. And what's good about this strategy is sometimes the blog has a large audience. Um, the, those links, maybe it doesn't just help with SEO. Maybe it's sending referral traffic to your website. Maybe you're getting some conversions and sales from that link. So um, link building when done right can have multiple benefits.
0: Yeah, I think it's the when done right, because I mean, what they really don't want is you're sitting here today and you have a new site and you have, you know, two sites linking to you and then somehow tomorrow, you have a thousand inbound links. That's right. like the worst signal um, you can get. Right.
1: It's It's going to look odd if Google sees a whole bunch of links going to your site all of a sudden. Now I will, I will say, there are exceptions. Like maybe you did a you just launched a really successful Kickstarter and you've got a whole bunch of press and you get links from yep. all these different news sites. That's totally fine. That's totally natural. But you know, what if you just paid to get listed in a thousand uh, spammy directories or you just got had someone on Fiverr build you a thousand spammy blog comments. That's where it starts to cause issues and where sites can get penalized.
0: Okay. So in the product reviews, a nice part about that is there is it's like a very natural, um, that's the right way of explaining it. The, the speed of it, the frequency is very natural, right? You can only get a few of those a week or a month. You're not going to somehow just send out a thousand units and you're going to get a thousand links tomorrow. You're going to send out a handful this week, a handful next week, and they'll come over time over weeks and months even. So they'll, they'll come in very naturally seeming, right? Yep, exactly. Okay. Other than product reviews, what else, what else have you didn't work? So for getting
1: like high authority mentions, like maybe you want to get listed on um, some, some big popular blogs or publications or like even like Forbes or um, what are some other, like Entrepreneur. Um, there's ways you can do it fairly easily. So there's something called Help a Reporter Out um, or HARO for short. Haro. The web, yep. yep. Uh, the website for that is just helpreporter.com, And it's totally free. And it's the easiest way to get these types of mentions. You, you sign up. You enter some information about your your business and your industry. So maybe you're in the wedding industry. Uh, maybe you sell, um, you know, groomsman gifts or wedding accessories. You know, wh- whatever it might be. And you'll get notifications of uh, like every single day. You'll get a newsletter of all these different journalists who are looking for like you know maybe um, like we did this for one client. Like they sell gifts for groomsmen. They signed up for the wedding. Uh, they got all the wedding related inquiries. There's one where it's like we're looking for someone to write about. Um, how to save money on a wedding, and so you know they just we submitted it, uh, got a really good link on um, Retail Me Not's blog, and um, it took you know five minutes of work. Um, but there's there's a trick with this. You know, a lot of people know about Help Reporter out, and journalists they, they know when they're going to post on this, their inbox is going to get flooded. So if you want this to work out, it's all about speed. You got to be one of the first people to respond. Um, you know, give give them give them all the information they need and write already write a bio about yourself so you can put it in there and in your bio already have it hyperlinked to your website so it's a great way to get high authority links from really big publications but just know it's competitive there's a lot of other people that are going to be following up and journalists are probably going to look at the first few entries
0: yeah i think the the note here is just make it easy for them when you're talking to a yes. journalist like they're going to get a lot of these and they're going to try to sift through as quick as they can. And these are, they're also on a time crunch, right? They want to write an article. They want to have this blog post or this article out by X. So you just want to make it, you just want to like tee this up and make it as easy as possible. I've seen people even have a, uh, a PDF with like the headshot about them. Like everything yes. is already, and they just attach it. So the journalists can just open it and they don't have to go, you know, clicking on their different bios and find different things. They just have a one pager. They just make it easy for them.
1: Yeah, that, that works really well. You said it. Like if, if they have to re- reply to you to get more information, they're probably not going to take the time to reply. They're probably just going to go to the next one. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cause the next one will actually have all the information. So he's going to go down until they find the one, Oh, this one's ready for me. Let's yep. do this.
1: Don't, don't give it more work.
0: <laughs> yeah. Cause cause they'll find someone who will not do that. So does it matter? So let's say you're selling wedding gifts, right? And you're in Haro and there's an article for something about, you know, cooking or something totally like unrelated. Is it, does that still help getting a link from a site that has, you know, you're in the wedding market, but let's say you're getting a, a link, you know, you just love to cook also. So you have a, a link about your air fryer also pointing in how great your air fryer experience was. Does yeah, that
1: that's, it's help a good or does that not help? It, it depends if there's like an angle there or not. So for example, yeah. let's say you're you're uh, you sell, um, let's say like, we'll stick with the wedding gifts side. Um, and then maybe there's a a website that talks about, um, you know, investing and savings and personal finance at first glance, it might not seem that relevant. It's like, what does that have to do with weddings? But what if the article is how to save money on a wedding? Now, all of a sudden, like it's, that's a lot more helpful. Um, that said though, relevancy does play a fact, factor in the value of the link. Um, you know, if you get a link from a wedding focused blog, That's going to have a lot more value than if you get a link from a blog that talks about everything. So there's a lot of lifestyle blogs out there that talk about like travel, beauty, fashion, interior design. Uh, Those aren't going to have as much of an impact as a site that just talks about weddings.
0: Got it. How about the blogs? Like when you see like a Tumblr or a um, medium sort of blog, does that still count or is that not as good or not good at all?
1: So, like, Medium is great because it has such a high authority. Same thing with, like, Forbes, Entrepreneurs, CNN, Huffington Post. All these sites are very authoritative, so it's going to help from that regard. So you're going to get a lot of plus points for just the authority of the site, but they're not relevant at all. So you're not going to get much relevancy points. So, I mean, if you were to ask me, it's it's like a trade off. You know, do you have a, a high domain rating site that's not very relevant, or do you have a lower domain rating site that is very relevant? Um, honestly, I think the SU impact is going to be
0: pretty similar. Okay. So even maybe both, right. That probably also yeah. protects you from, you know, next year when, um, I don't know if you want to talk about algorithm changes, but Google's inevitably going to change the algorithm, right? And if you only have one of the other and they make that type less, um, less valuable, you're going to be on the <laughs> wrong side of that. That's exactly it. Yeah. You're, you're hedging your bets. You're diversifying. I'd say
1: there's nothing wrong with getting some high authority links from Forbes and entrepreneur. I think those are very good. Um, I also think there's nothing wrong with getting links from, you know, small authority websites, um, that are smaller that just talk about your topic. I think both are great and having a diversified link profile is what's going to get you the best results.
0: Got it. So product reviews, Haro, any other kind of strategies you seem work well for e-commerce? So
1: one that works well for everybody is uh guest posting. Now, get I'll, I'll preface this by saying guest posting has been abused. Everyone's using it um a lot of times like it, it, there's sites that it's not really a blog, it's just like a, a guest posting farm where um <laughs> every they'll accept anything, they're going to charge you a fee. They're just doing it to make money. It's and those types of sites that are just, you know, almost guest posting farm where Every single post is a guest post, and it's on so many different topics. Um, those probably aren't going to be as helpful. But where guest posting is good is like on the more higher level legitimate scale. So if I wrote a guest post about e-commerce SEO for your blog, that's totally natural. Your site's about e-commerce. Um, that that link is going to be very valuable. The content's going to be well-written. And, and, and you know, you're not going to let just junk get posted on your website. So at that level, that's where guest posting can be really good is, is, is find like real blogs that are legitimate, that um, maybe they have some, an editor or staff, or staff writers on site. Maybe they also allow contributors like you know, people guest post on Shopify's blog on occasion. Um, not, I don't think they allow it as much anymore, but like those types of links is, is perfectly good for SEO and, and you can do this in your industry. There's going to be blogs that are looking for like real industry experts. And if, if you're selling a product, I'd imagine in most cases, you probably know a lot about the product. Maybe you're involved in the manufacturing of it and you really know the details of the of the industry uh, or maybe just selling it, you've gotten a lot of experience with it and you can talk about it. So um, if you have that experience and that knowledge, you can definitely do guest posting on a more legitimate level with bigger authority sites.
0: How do you open the door to that though? I think that's where a lot of people get stuck where they see a site, they want to post you know, on Shopify, they want to post somewhere and they don't even, you see random people and you have, and unless, like the link farms make it easy, you know, click here and you can <laughs> have a guest post. But I think the thing people run into with this strategy is they just don't know where to start. Who do you, do you find the editor? Do you like pitch them cold? Like, and what's the right way to do it without you making, making it look like you're just, you know, carpet bombing cold emails to the, yeah, internet, I'll, out to the internet.
1: I'll tell you the, the quick, way, quick and easy way. And then I'll tell you the little bit more work, but gets better results way. So the quick and easy way, is show show your your expertise in your email pitch. So let's say you're sending a cold email. You want to say like, you know, here are some articles I've written in the past. So they can see, like, oh, and if, if you've written for other publications, like, that's going to make it easier for them to respond to you. Um, and then also, write, like, have some bullet points for your, your experience and accolades. You know, been in the industry this long. I've I've spoken at these conferences. I've, you know, are, we've won these. Whatever it is, whatever makes you stand out, like, have a few bullet points showcasing, like, that you're not just some schlub out of the mix that's trying to get – a backlink that you can really write an article that increases value. And if you have some examples of articles you can read and you include those links, um, if they've taken off and perform well, say like, Oh, I wrote this article that got, this many thousand page views I wrote this article that got this many shares on Facebook and Twitter um, anything that shows what's in it for them because if, if someone's coming to them and say hey I want to write you an article for free I'm not gonna charge you I've done this in the past I hear it's top-notch quality and it gets a lot of results you'd be like sure I got nothing to lose here like who, who would turn that down like, nobody would so again that's that if you if leverage your experience and credentials and and that's what's gonna re- really help get those links with cold email now I'll tell you about the second method, the uh, takes a little bit more work but gets better results method. So make 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 a list of every single blog you want to get a link from. Maybe if you're okay, – we'll stick with the wedding niche for example. Uh, make a list of like the top 50 or so wedding blogs. And then you're going to turn that prospecting list into a piece of content. You're going to call it – Um, top wedding blogs to follow in 2021. You can include a logo of each one, write a little, check out their about page, write a little blurb about it, link to their website, maybe link to their social media profiles. And, you know, it's not that much extra work, just a few sentences per site. And then you're going to reach out to everyone. You're not going to ask for anything. You're just going to say, hey, you know, we we love what you're doing over there. I just want to let you know, we put together a list of the top wedding blogs in 2021. You made our list. Congratulations. Um, Here's the article if you want to see it. Um, so this is a great way to build relationships. So that was your question is like, how do you open the door? Um, I found this is the most scalable way to kind of open that door and build relationships. It takes a lot of time to email each one individually with a personalized email. It takes a lot of time to blog, to comment on their blog post to try to build a relationship. Um, the best way I found is creating these sort of top blog lists. Um, use that to open the door. Um, and in doing so, you're going to have a piece of content which
0: can rank really well drive traffic while also building relationships. Yeah. I think that's the thing with the, um, whatever way it's relationships, right. And you need to go into it knowing there's going to be a process. This isn't going to be, you know, you hit them, send them some, you know, document and it's posted by next week. This right. is going to be the, the big blogs take time. They have a content calendar. So you email them in January and they say, great, this, this sounds really good for Q3. You're like, wait, Q3 of this shit. And uh, like, yeah, it's, you know, we're out to Q3. This is how we do it. So I think just getting that in your head, that this is going to take time. This is, this is not quick. This is definitely not like an easy money. you are going to have all these links tomorrow sort of thing. This is going to be work. Um, and the other thing you were saying is ha- on the first strategy, showing other um, blog posts or just any content they've you've previously done helps out a ton. You can even have content on your own blog. I've seen yes, that done exactly. That too. And just like, here's my blog. Yeah. Here's some great posts that I really like. Um, I get pitched all the time for the show actually, and people want to come on and yeah, the ones that just send like, you know, just like this, like one line little thing. You're like, Egh. but when they're like, oh, I've been on these, I've been on these podcasts before. Here's some things I wrote. Here's my back You're like, okay, this person's legitimate. Mm-hmm. They can bring some value here. Um, versus just a person with just that one line bio. It's kind of all about them. They're not really trying to show you, what they're going to, what they're going to bring to the audience. That's exactly it. Yeah. I think the thing you're trying to convey is that if you, as the, um, you know, the owner of the site, whether it's a podcast or a blog, that you're going to bring this person in front of your audience and they're going to make you look good, right? Like you, you, you want on that guest post, they're going to make your blog look better because they're on it and it's going to bring value. And that's, I think the thing people are missing. Mm-hmm. They're going to write something that people are going
1: to read. They're going to want to share. Um, it's going to rank well. Yeah. So they can have multiple
0: benefits. Yeah. All right. So that's three. I think the, the thing I think people are curious about when getting into this is budget wise. Like, what mm-hmm. should they be assuming they should be getting into here? Is this something you kind of do yourself? Is this something, you know, if you're just starting, would you recommend? Or is it just, because it is a flywheel and it takes a long time to get the yeah. flywheel spinning.
1: So there's there's two roads you can go. You can do it yourself if you have the time or maybe you don't have the time but you have a VA who has the time. And then there's the um, – you know, just hire someone to do it for you. So if you hire someone to do it for you, there's kind of two categories. Um, there's the the cheaper, Fiverr. Um, – I'll put it this way. Any link that that you can purchase, like they, they say they're a white hat – Um, company and they, you know, they, they're, if they're charging you like less than a hundred bucks or less than 50 bucks per link, um, I wouldn't be surprised if that's like not really an actual guest post link, but it's a private blog network. Maybe they have a huge network of blogs and they're just publishing you and, and linking to it. So for those that don't know, um, what some people do to game the system is they just build a whole bunch of blogs from scratch and then they do link building for their own blogs that they control. And then they'll they'll sell links on the on their blog network. So that's what we call private blog network or PBN, and that's uh, highly violates Google's guidelines. Um, if you're just if you're, you're basically building a link farm, and the thing is, if a lot of these sites are linking to the same sites, that creates a pretty heavy footprint on the web, and they can get penalized, and you know you can get penalized if you're kind of engaging with these low quality links. It could so actually you make be, your
0: rank worse at that point. Like you could exactly. actually go backwards in the rankings.
1: Yeah, and then once you get hit with a link penalty, it is very difficult to come back. So it's I would not recommend it if you have an established brand. Um, so that so you got to be careful. Like if, if it sounds too good to be true, it usually is. So if the price is like like 50, under 50 bucks per link, it's probably a private blog network. It's just there's no way the numbers will work out if someone's going to do a guest. Like let's say you're talking about guest posting. Yeah, you know, it's going to cost them money to write the article. It's going to cost take them time. To find the relevant sites, it's gonna take time to do the outreach. The blogger is probably gonna have like some editorial fee for their time to go through and like review your content and publish it. So it, you add, add in all those costs, and you know you'd imagine this. And if someone's selling this, they're gonna to have to need a, a markup. So if, that's why I say if it's under fifty or hundred bucks, it it's probably not legitimate.
0: Um, that's say, a good way of looking at it. It's gonna cost you more than that just to write the article. Like if you yeah. want to if you just wanted to pay a writer for their time, right. Between the research, finding images, like edit, getting everything ready to go, it should cost you more than that. Um, unless I don't know where you're, where you're hiring writers from, but yeah, if you just think of it in those terms, just like how much, you know, what are the pieces, right? Like what are the steps and how much would it just cost me to hire all these people? And yeah, and yeah, a hundred, sure it could be more than a hundred bucks. <laughs> definitely more than a hundred. Okay. So I'd say, um, more common,
1: you're looking at like 200 to $300 range for like, if you're, if you're hiring someone to do guest posting for you, or you're hiring a company to do all the research and outreach and manage a product review campaign. Um, so I'd say that's kind of the range that you can expect for, for good white hat links. Now I bet there's probably going to be some uh, people out there that can do it for like maybe 150 bucks, but you know, it's, it's good. Those are going to be very hard to find as long as you're in the 200 to $300 per link range that's going to be a safe bet. So that's, that's the hired out approach. So you just estimate about 200 to 300 all
0: in. Now, if you want to do it yourself, um, actually before you, before you into the DIY, are there any questions you can, let's say you're interviewing three of them, right? So you find between two to 300, what questions would you ask them to make sure they're legitimate? I'd
1: say I'd ask the first thing I'd ask for is, can you send me links that you've built in the past? um just to to look at it be like is this and and then when you look at those the main thing you're going to look for is is this look like a real website or does it look like it was just meant for link building does it like what's on the about page is it actual say something about an actual person or is it just general language is there um you know may, sometimes they have an, an address on the on the on the blog sometimes they have a phone number um some that you know you, the main thing you're looking for though is like does this look like it's an actual person do can i see like a a headshot or a photo of a real person that's supposed to be the writer here. So that's, that's kind of one signal you can look at. Um, I'd also just ask them like, do you own these blogs or like, how are you finding these websites? If they say, Oh, we, we own the blogs, that's a private blog network. I would avoid it. If they say, you know, every, can't we treat every campaign differently? We're going to go out, we're going to find those manually. Now that's that's kind of closer answer. You want to hear of um, something that's going to be more legitimate. So check out the links, look for links they're getting, and then also ask how they're finding these websites.
0: Okay. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I think you basically just need to vet them. Right. That comes down to it. Um, I was hiring a writer a while back and it's like, Oh, here's some, you know, just so many, some examples. It was actually examples of people that were on this podcast that they had written for. And I was like, all right, this is legitimate. Like I know those people are legitimate. You've written for them. Like this, everything feels right here Versus, mm-hmm. Yeah. If they send you these blogs and you're like, what are, like, you, you see some of them and you get these and you're like, these are like nothing. Like they're just sites about lots of nothing. Yeah. That's the It'll ones that, you, yeah. Exactly. You
1: know It'll make you raise an <laughs> eyebrow.
0: Yeah. If, if you look at it and you're like, I would definitely not read this ever. Then yeah, that's when you run.
1: And also another thing that I'll add to that is look at the topics the blog covers. Like let's say you sell dog food. Yeah. Is the site about pets or is it like, you know, they have a post about pets and then the post below it's about uh, home loans and the post below it is about <laughs> like
0: insurance wedding gifts. Yeah. They go back yeah. to the wedding gift. gift. Yeah. 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 yeah th- and those are the ones they're most likely it's, they own it. Right. Cause they're just, they just taking a little of everything and basically just saying, look at all the links we created you and they can send URLs and cool, you know, checks a box, but it's uh-huh. not doing anyone any good. Yeah. Okay. So let's say you want to do this yourself or, and I guess, would you start with trying to DIY or is this just based on budget? Right? Like
1: it's really based on budget and time. Do you have a lot of time, but no budget? You're doing DIY. Do you have a lot of budget, (laughs) but no time? go ahead and
0: hire someone and it's usually one or the other. Yeah. It's usually okay. one or the other.
1: Um,
0: yeah. okay. So let's say you want to do the DIY, DIY route. What's that look like?
1: Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll give a quick overview of what, how you build a link. So first step is prospecting. You're going to have to find prospects and relevant websites. So the easiest way to do that and I'll, I'll use guest posting for this as an example. Um, easiest way is just like, um, sticking with the wedding gifts. If you sell wedding gifts, just type in wedding blogs into Google you're going to find list of like you know top 50 wedding blogs, top 100 wedding blogs. That strategy I mentioned earlier, it's you know it could have been done in your industry. You want to find these lists of blogs out there as a starting point. It's going to save you a whole bunch of time in prospecting. So you find these lists, you just kind of add everything up. You should have close to or a little more than 100 prospects by now. Uh, the next thing you're going to do is, is send your emails. We talked about this before. Uh, Well, actually, let me back up for one second. You're going to have to find the contact details of who you're going to contact. So you can do it the manual way. Go site by site. um, Go to the contact page. Try to find the email address. Maybe they don't have an email address and it's just a contact form. Um, I usually have a spreadsheet where I keep track of everything. I have the the domain. And then I have the uh, email address. And if they don't have an email address, I just paste in the contact form URL. Um, But there's a tool I recommend. It's called Hunter io uh, really popular in the industry, you can just paste in a bunch of domains and it's going to give you a whole, it's going to give you the email address for each one. It has a massive database of email addresses. can save a lot of time going site by site trying to find the contact information. So that that can save some time there. So let's say now you have a list of 100 websites. You have the contact details. Now you're going to send your pitch. And we talked about this earlier. Highlight your value. Highlight what you can bring to the table, your experience. Provide um, examples of, Posts you've written in the past. Uh, add some bold points about um, your knowledge, your awards and accolades. But also in, include in that pitch um, some suggested topics that you think would be good for their blog. So that's another thing. Like get the ball started early. Don't wait for them to come back to you. Like you know, just kind of move move the conversations along by actually giving them some topics and ask if there's one that they, that they want you to move forward with. So then you send your pitch. You're going to get some responses. They'll be like, oh, I, I really like this topic. Um, let's move forward with that. Um, then you're going to write the article or you can hire someone to write the article for you. And then um, in that article, you're going to include a link somewhere in the content back to your website. You'll submit it to the the, the blogger. They're going to review it. They'll publish it. And boom, now you got a link back to your website. Nice and easy, right? <laughs> nice and easy. Now here's, here's where it gets tricky. Prospecting can take a lot of time. Those lists will, you know, that will get you maybe a hundred or so blogs, but you know, if you average maybe your response rate, maybe your link rate, if you reach out to 100 blogs, you're only getting 20 to 40 backlinks. What happens after you've reached all those blogs? Well, that's where prospecting can really take a lot of time. Um, you're going to have to do a lot of digging, enter a lot of keywords. Um, you know, just kind of manually searching in Google uh, can find it that way. So that that can take a lot of time. Um, and as I mentioned, finding of contact information can take time, but Hunter can help with that. Um, if you're if you're looking to like streamline the process a little bit, I think you mentioned it early, at the very beginning, but um, there's a tool that I built called LinkHunter.com. Now, the the reason I built this is um, I on this, my main thing is I run an e-commerce SEO company, but people come to me they want link building. Maybe they can't afford a few thousand dollars a month to hire an agency. Um, I kept before, I, I'd always have to say, no, we can't help you. I'm sorry. These are our minimums. But now, I'm, now I have something I can point them to because I kept saying over and over, there's people who are just getting started that they want this, they know they need it, but they can't justify it. So what Link Hunter does you choose how you want to build camp how you want to build backlinks. Maybe you want to do product reviews. Maybe you want to do guest posting. Whatever it might be, those campaigns are already built into it. So you do guest posting. You enter a few keywords. Maybe you type in like wedding, if you sell wedding gifts, maybe you type in interior design, if you sell furniture. And then Link Hunter is going to go, it will find all the prospective websites for you. Um, it has some SEO metrics in there so you can see how much SEO value will each website give you. It's powered by Hunter's API, so it's already included. You're going to get all that email data. And it has all the email templates that we've personally found work really well built into the system. So it streamlines the process. You can literally have a, a link-building campaign up and running in less than two minutes. So if you have absolutely like zero nowhere to start, um, that's a, that kind of – it's built to kind of have a structure to walk you through it so you get results. Um, other than that, there's some great resources like backlinko.com has a lot of good information about link building. And then hrefs has a A-H-R-E-F-S.com has a, a very good blog about link building. So those are two resources if you're looking to educate yourself more.
0: Yeah. Both of those blogs you mentioned, Ahrefs and Link Hunter, they're blogs and also they are our uh, YouTube channels. Um, we can yeah. That. The they're YouTube both channels fin- are great. They're fantastic. Um, I was actually just wearing a, href shirt i changed for this that's podcast cool. but yeah um yeah i think what people they they kind of they fire off that initial email and don't realize that there's going to be some like follow-up there's me some work i've had folks even email and then also like track me down on like linkedin or twitter mm-hmm. and just showing that you're not just like i said like earlier just like copper bombing the internet because that's you get these emails yes. all the time just like i want to write for your blog and it's like this like off topic thing, you're like, whatever. But when it's like, like you said, here's a couple ideas I have and you can tell they real, you can tell they don't really read the blog cause a lot of people do this. Hey, I read your blog post about, and they find <laughs> like the third blog post down. It's always like, it's always like the third down. Cause they don't want to yeah, say the they, first one. They, they, yeah.
1: They always start with, I love your blog or, oh my gosh, I, your blog's amazing. It's like, I oh, you haven't read anything.
0: You definitely haven't read it. Yeah. I love this one with that. And like, you just scroll down, like you hit the scroll wheel, you found some random thing, you cut and paste them. I get it. I get the game. But when they have an article on there that you can tell, oh, this would actually be pretty good. And you think, and you actually think like, this is something we should be writing. And you're like, oh, if that person thought of that, I can, you know, fine. They can just write it. Like that's easier. So it really needs to be something that when you see the title, you're going to say, oh, that actually is something we want on the blog. And the audience would like, like, this is something we should. I wish I thought of that. And as soon as if you make the editor say, I wish I thought of that, then they're going to say yes, because it's just easier than having, you know, their writer do it. They're going to say, well, you thought of it. Let's, let's do this. So I think that's really the thing when it comes to that. And yeah, I've actually, I think someone maybe on the show was talking about link hunter. Um, yeah, just having someone like that, that just kind of gives you just a starting place. Cause I think people just, they get really bogged down in that and they don't realize also, even though you have these tools, it's a numbers game. Right, like you're gonna have to, you know, like you said, you're gonna plan on emailing a hundred, and you're gonna get, I don't know, twenty responses, and out of that, you're gonna get like two or three blog posts. So yeah. it's it's it, gonna there, take time. There is a numbers game, and
1: like kind of we talked about before, you can increase those those response rates, and increase those link rates with relationship building. So, yeah. I mean, if I want to get a link from your website, I bet if I wrote an article about um, top e-commerce podcasts. And then I, I mentioned you on it, and I actually wrote something custom, and I I listed out some of my favorite episodes. I'm like, hey, just let so you know, um, I, I added you this list. I, I really like what you're doing, and it shows that I listened to it. You'd be like, oh wow, like this 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 isn't just like uh, you know, some random person. Like this this person actually has some credibility, and they took they took the time. And then if I did my link pitch, you're probably gonna be way
0: more eager to respond than if I was just nobody reaching out cold. The biggest thing actually I'll t- being on the other side, I'll tell you the biggest thing is, um, and this is the last thing I know we're close on time here, but when I personally get those pitches, I always like when they include their LinkedIn and Twitter in the bottom. And if they have any mutual connections of mine that already goes a hundred X higher, I look and just, you know, click on their Twitter. Okay. You're connected to some of the other e-commerce folks. Okay. LinkedIn, you connect, you know, cause obviously if you're in the industry of a bunch of these connections, as soon as you see those mutual connections, you're like, All right. Like you have something in the more, the more, the better. Um, If it's folks, you know, in real life, all these different things, Um, just had someone on the podcast too. We have real life connections, right? Like he, we were connected to actually folks that I know personally. So then all of a sudden it's very different and it just goes right to the top versus the ones when you click on the LinkedIn and you're like, all right, you have no connect. You actually have zero connections. You go on their Twitter. They haven't posted since, you know, 2016 and you're like, uh, and they have no connections in the e-commerce industry. You just know, okay, I, I know, get what you're doing. Um, so that, that always helps. That's interesting. Yeah. I haven't thought about that. but It makes perfect sense. Yeah. So, okay, well, there's <laughs> a tip right there. So have mutual. And if you're in the industry, it also happens natural. That's the other thing, right? If you've written on 10 different e-commerce blogs, you're most likely to be connected to their editors. If you've been on a bunch of podcasts, if you've just been doing a bunch in the industry, you're going to have connections in the industry. So same thing that it makes, it looks natural to Google. It'll look natural to the editor or to whoever's kind of running the blog of the podcast as well, because they're going to do the same research and just sort of see, is this natural? Is this real? So I think that's really kind of what it comes yeah, to. Yeah. And
1: if I hear that and try to like, you know, turn that into an action for someone like myself or some listeners podcast right now, you know, try to build those connections in, in your industry, you know, add people on LinkedIn, um, you know, build relationships cause that,
0: you know, you don't know how that's going to help you in the future. Yeah. And, and those connections just start talking to people. Um, I think that's what I did really early on, just kind of follow people on Twitter things like that. And just started being part of the conversation and you naturally stop building connections, meet, meeting people then at conferences and go, Oh, we talked online. And you know, it all of a sudden becomes this real organic thing that, now you're in the industry and you know each other. And it's not just this cold thing of it's the first time you saw each other. It's saying, okay, oh, we did speak actually that time, you know, last year on Twitter somehow. And now we're meeting in real life. And now, yes, sure, of course we can have a guest post. So that's really how to make kind of natural. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, cool. in person conferences are always going to be great for that too. Yep. Awesome. I think that's a good place to leave it. If people want to find you, um, so, 180marketing.com, but also link builder. Where's kind of some of those? Yeah, best I, I guess I uh, kind of go
1: t- taking a step back. So, like, if, if you are in the I have a lot of time, but no
0: money, <laughs> linkhunter.com. <laughs> buckets. I like if, that. Yeah. If
1: you have the money, but you don't have time and you want something to do it for you, 180marketing.com.
0: <laughs> okay, that's awesome. I will link to both of those. And I like how uh, you know your audience, right? Money, money, but no time, time, but no money. But, something yep. for everyone.
1: Exactly. Nothing for everybody.
0: (laughs) Thanks a lot, Jeff. It was great having you on the show. Appreciate
1: it, Charles. Thanks for having me.